Welcome, everybody, to the Out of the Fire podcast with Mason Pruitt and Matthew Lawson. We are having our inaugural episode where we want to introduce all of you to what we are going to be talking about and what we are trying to do with this podcast, not only for our own personal development, but for the overall good of society and communities abroad, just having conversations that we might generally ignore or not talk about. But we want to start this off with some introductions from Matthew and I, and starting with Matthew. Hey, everybody. I'm Matthew Lawson. I'm a 19-year-old college student, and I'm just trying to figure everything out. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on. I've always really had a passion for politics and debate, and so I feel like uh, Mason and I are the same way in that aspect, and we just want to you know, harness that and use that to start a conversation with you guys and hopefully you know, improve things a little bit or just improve the dialogue in general so that we can all sort of figure out our way through everything that's going on. Right. So my name is Mason Pruitt. I am 20. I'll be 21 in like less than seven days. I'm just kidding. It'll be more than that. It's a little bit, a little bit less than a month. But anyway, I'm 20 and I am a college student as well as a full-time employee at a mechanic shop. And I have competed in speech and debate in high school and always had, like Matthew said, a, a passion for politics and social dialogue and we kind of want to work together on this podcast to create a, a space for people to, to talk about issues, create an open, safe environment to discuss you know, opposing opinions or opposing perspectives and kind of meld those together and kind of introduce new ideas, not only to ourselves, but to listeners as well. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest problems right now. And it's, it's not just from one side, the left or the right. It's everyone. No one really wants to listen to the other the other side of whatever debate is going on. No one wants to listen to any opposing viewpoints. Um, I think I think a lot of that comes down to the fact that people don't thoroughly analyze what what they claim to believe. They just you know read what read or listen to what they see on the news and just accept that as as gospel. But in order to in order to truly be able to like defend a belief, you have to know what you believe and you have to have thought that through thoroughly. And if you haven't thought it through thoroughly, of course you're going to be upset when someone tries to oppose it because you don't know how to defend it. Right. I think something that we're both very excited about in this opportunity that we are creating is growth. Personally, introducing new perspectives and getting a broader viewpoint on the world Mm -hmm. and fellow members of society and, and cultures and communities and getting insight into experiences that are outside of our own because I don't want to go through life you know with one set in stone belief of you know I I was raised this way this is how I believe it this is how I see it this is how I think of of whatever issue it might be whether it's a political or social issue whatever I'm looking at I don't I don't want to be so ingrained in my my bringing up my upbringing that I'm ignorant of other struggles or others experiences and i think that's something that i feel convicted of even especially recently with the black lives matter movement and everything going on there i've been ignorant of a lot of suffering and a lot of pain that i was just kind of brainwashed into thinking had just disappeared Mm -hmm. over the civil rights act and and growing up with affluent black friends and just kind of seeing that and taking that as you know that's the whole world that's the all of america all of America is like my relationship with my best friends growing up. We have a good relationship. We're best friends. We talk all the time, joke around. No one feels afraid to be who they are around each other. 
And unfortunately, that's not the case for everyone. And until recently, I was very ignorant of that. And I feel very convicted of that and wanted to kind of discuss that and bring that into the open. And we're, we're going to go into a lot of different issues in further episodes on the podcast and bring some guests on and talk about their experiences. But I think that's that's what we're about, is just opening up not only our own minds, but our own hearts to seeing other people for what they are as human beings, as people who have had genuine, real experiences that are very different from our own that can benefit us by listening to them and accepting that what they've experienced and what they've gone through is not only important, but very integral to society's growth as a whole. Mm -hmm. Because if people groups, you know, whether you're white, black, pink, yellow, whatever, obviously no one's pink, but I mean... Who knows? Maybe there are some pink people out there. I don't, I don't know. I won't speak to that as a definitive claim. But if you if you go through life, you know, only associating yourself with one thing, you're going to have a very one-sided view of life. You're always going to get into arguments with people with opposing viewpoints. Like you said, Matthew, I mean, if you don't truly know what you believe and have truly opened yourself to see what other people believe, you're never really going to have a... an objective and broad and well-rounded viewpoint Mm -hmm. of the world. And I I say worldview. Worldview is the word I'm looking for. You're not going to have a very well-rounded worldview. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're, we're both at the age, we're both pretty young, where we're just sort of figuring out who we are. And this is like the biggest time in our, in someone's life where they're going to be looking at what they believe, why they believe it, and just where they need to be headed through the rest of their life. And so I feel like that's, at least for me, that's a big reason of why I wanted to do this is, you know, people can sort of join us on that journey uh, and, you know, know that they're not alone. You know, we're all trying to figure this out as well. Um, So, yeah, I definitely think it's important that people, people hear from others in the same situation as they are that, you know, this is... This is a crazy time for everybody. And, you know, I've, I've definitely had a lot of thoughts on, on the Black Lives Matter movement as well uh, recently, or a lot of changing opinions. It's, it's, it's been a trying time for me, I guess, because I've, I've realized that I haven't done enough listening myself. I've just, you know, I've, I feel like as white people, especially, we sort of just f- sort of jump to our own defense because we, feel, we're, we just think, you know, we're not racist. Yeah. Why, why would we... Why would we have to, you know, accept the fact that we're in a racist country? I'm not racist. All my friends aren't racist. This this can't be a racist country, you know? Mm-hmm. And the point is not everyone will have lived the same experience as you. And if you aren't open to hearing those experiences, you're never going to broaden your your own your own horizons and your own capabilities because you, you are incapable of listening to experiences that the hundreds of thousands of other people uh, in this country have have had right yeah so I think the significance of the name of our podcast is also important to kind of explain for you guys who are listening we kind of debated a, a bunch of different names last night the night before kind of going over throwing just just spitballing a bunch of different ideas of what we could call the podcast and we didn't want to box ourselves into one genre particularly because, you know, we both have a lot of interests. We both like to talk about a lot of different things, 
both Matthew and I like a lot like to watch anime. We both like to play video games. We both like politics. We both like memes. We both like sharing those. That's a that's a big part of our friendship is just sharing memes back and forth. And I didn't we didn't want to box ourselves in, so we we chose the name Out of the Fire because looking at the world, every single people group is being thrust into new environments and new debates and new discussions because of everything going on with coronavirus starting the year off, not even necessarily starting the year off, but kind of pushing people into a new perspective. Like we have to stay at home. We can't go out. We can't do the things we've always done. We have to change our behavior. We have to change how we act wearing a mask. I mean, no one, no one wants to walk around and wear a mask, but for the sake of yourself and the health of other people, you know, you, you make a sacrifice and you wear a mask to protect other people mm-hmm. as well as yourself. And with the, sorry, I burped, excuse me. With the Black Lives Matter movement, it's just seeing the struggle of African-American people in the country for what it really is. And that is a systemically racist system, systemically racist programs, systemically racist government that maybe not purposefully discriminates against people of color, but as a byproduct of hundreds of years of purposeful discrimination against people Mm -hmm. of color, it's just a resulting effect and a resulting symptom of the, of the past of the country. And not to say that that ruins what we are today, but just to acknowledge it and potentially change it for the better. And that's what we wanted to talk about coming out of the fire because America as a country has gone through a lot mm-hmm. and even particularly today is going through even more social trauma and a tumultuous wave of, of emotions that people are feeling starting the year off with Corona, you know, having to stay home, blah, 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 being stuck there with now people are being brought into the viewpoint that you know, the system we have lived in and the system that we've been a part of is not equal, is is not beneficial to everyone. And certain systems benefit and help other races more than it helps others. And coming out of the fire, I think, is very apt because we want to talk about things in a reconstructive sense. We want to talk about things in the sense that, you know, we're not defeated. You know, it's not over. We don't just burn it all down and start from new. We're on fire right now. So what can we do to put out the fire and help people heal, help people recover, fix the system, remove racism as a whole, remove bias, bigotry, etc. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I think that's what me and Matthew are all about. Yeah, I think that's a great way of putting it. For me, like definitely I always, you know, when you think about the the phrase out of the frying pan and into the fire, that's what the past few years have felt like, especially this year in particular. It feels like every situation we get ourselves into as a country, we get past it and then we get into an even worse one. We're out of the frying pan and into the fire over and over again. And so I, I'm just looking at, you know, what to do. Like how do we get out of that fire? And I think dialogue just honest and open dialogue is the best way to do that we have to listen to each other we have to understand where everyone is coming from and what's going on so yeah I, th- I think we landed on the perfect name and I'm glad that we can we can just sort of do this together and talk about everything that's going on 
it's it's crazy. But to the, to the systemic systemic racism thing, it's I'm I don't think that necessarily everything about our country is racist, and I don't think that's the point. I don't think that's the claim that anyone's making. But I think there are certain institutions in our country that have been set up to advantage certain people over others, yeah. like especially our justice system. It's, it's especially yeah. It's it's crazy, and I think a big part of part of it is the war on drugs was a massive miscalculation because it perpetuates the problem it was trying to solve. Yep. Uh, the Absolutely. the mandatory minimums for sentencing on on crack are so much higher than those of cocaine, because crack was primarily a black drug and cocaine was a white drug and not not physically obviously they're no. both white but <laughs> yeah they're both white but you know their their users uh were of certain you know certain ethnic color. backgrounds yeah. yeah i mean crack was cheaper it was easier to get much stronger and the government then saw that raging through communities and they didn't care about the people in those communities I think that was the biggest issue. They didn't they didn't have any compassion on the people who were stuck in a circumstance mm-hmm. and viewed dealing drugs as the only solution to get out of it and didn't have any sympathy for those struggles and mm-hmm. instead saw a, a wrong, viewed it as evil that mm-hmm. these people were abusing a substance and decided to make that a criminal offense mm-hmm. and prosecute people by the thousands, by the hundreds of thousands, yes. so much so that now the prison system is crippling our country as a whole and has led to now the private privatization of the prison industry. And that in and of itself is a huge issue that I strongly am opposed to because prison prisons for profit make no sense to me because in my mind a rehabilitation or a rehabilitation center or a correctional facility Mm-hmm. The goal should be to have these people pay their debt back to society and move on, forgive yeah. the debt. And that's the problem. They're, they're not at this point for rehabilitation. They're just for keeping people in there. And when you, when you take someone for a drug offense and you throw them in prison for years and years of their life, you know, if they have a kid, that child then grows up without you know, a father or a mother, and then that, that affects you know, their, their entire outcome or it, it can at least. And um, so yeah. you're going to have these people that may end up, you know, selling drugs themselves because they didn't grow up with, or they grew up without a father. Yeah. And there are plenty of statistics that back up that, you know, children need fathers, especially uh, they need that role model. And so you can't, and you can't take someone for a drug offense. And instead of, you know, rehabilitating them, healing them, uh, trying to fix what what in my opinion is a medical condition yeah absolutely it's it's not addiction is is a medical condition yeah it's it's a medical concern it's not one of it i don't believe there's any criminality associated with abuse of a substance Mm -hmm. now for like alcohol abuse if you're if you get a dwi while you're driving under the influence Mm -hmm. that can turn into a criminal offense because you can endanger public safety Mm -hmm. but endangering your own safety is an even larger issue. I mean, it would be the same as like the ma- the majority of the issues I think is they were worried about people overdosing and that was occurring and is still happening so mm-hmm. much so that, you know, we'll put them in a prison where they can't overdose. They can't kill them. They can't die by accident by, by pursuing this avenue of escape from their own reality, which ends up killing them. So we'll put them in a prison. Yeah. And that makes no, that makes absolutely no sense to me. It's absolutely backwards. 
Yeah, if you're trying to help someone, you, you actually help them. You don't just throw them in a box and say, tough luck. Right, yeah, I mean, it, it makes no sense. So I think that's, the prison system and the criminal justice system, I think, are some topics that we're going to research and delve heavily into. It's something that I have a passion for changing and have been very frustrated with watching years and years of people's lives go to waste for nothing, literally nothing. I mean, men and women are incarcerated at such large rates for such minor crimes. You're destroying people's lives for what? For a private corporation to make thousands of dollars off them a year? For J.C. Penney to have free workers to make their jeans or whatever it is? I mean, it's absolutely ludicrous to me. And I think that's something that... I mean, So I was watching the 13th Amendment documentary on, on Netflix. That's a really good documentary. Yeah, we it recommend well. it. We recommend it for you guys to watch. And in that, I had researched the criminal justice system because several of the debate resolutions that I had gone over in high school were reforming the criminal justice system. One of the topics was retribution versus rehabilitation as punishment ideologies present in the criminal justice system. And I was heavily in support of rehabilitation because of just... The simple fact, I mean, if you go to a correctional facility, what's its purpose? To correct a behavior that's harmful to society. Now, primarily, that behavior is harming people, mm -hmm. not yourself, because drug abuse primarily harms yourself. Mm -hmm. And something I think in that 13th Amendment uh, documentary, they, they show a clip of Bill Clinton saying that he doesn't view people who are selling drugs to children, selling drugs to other people, and killing those other people as a result because of overdosing or whatever, or not knowing what even that they're selling, because that's another issue. It's just the quality of the drugs that are being sold is completely unknown. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I think is interesting, because if you're a drug dealer, what's your reasoning What's your rationale for doing it? The majority of them, they feel as if it's a last resort. Mm -hmm. and it's the only option they have. And for many criminals or people with prior records, that is a viable option mm -hmm. for a source of income. It's something they know. It's something they've probably done before. It's something they have most likely have experience with and can get back into really easy. And that's why we have recidivism rates that are sky high through the roof. Mm -hmm. breaking ceilings left and right and i think that's a problem yeah uh interesting story about that i was watching the uh, netflix show when they see us yeah uh, about the central park jogger case yep and one of the one of the people who was wrongfully convicted when he got out of prison he had no way of making money he couldn't get a job no one would hire him yep. and so what he resorted to was selling drugs because that's that was his only source of income yep he had been you know ostracized by society and so he ended up going right back to prison. Yep. So the system just perpetuates itself and solves none of the problems it sets itself out to. Yeah. I think that's a very interesting and very fascinating issue to me. Because if I were in a position of leadership in a country where I can literally see hundreds of organizations delving into, researching extensively issues going on in society that are negative outcomes of a system that we have in place, I wouldn't just sit there idly by and not try and do anything about it. Mm -hmm. I would try and change it. Strike down the mandatory minimum sentences. Remove the three strikes, you're out laws. Just 
rule them unconstitutional, whatever you have to do, whatever it takes, Mm -hmm. because they're wrong, they're hurtful, they're harmful, far more than they're beneficial. And on top of that, if you look at the evidentiary standards and what the state has to prove in order to get you locked up, the bar is really low. Mm -hmm. And that's another issue. And I think, so that's another just information about Matthew and I. We're both very interested in law as well. We both, so they're actually a funny story. How Matthew and I met is we served in an internship with the Texas Homeschool Coalition because we were both homeschooled. Mm-hmm. And we met by signing up to go to the Texas Capitol, living in Austin, working in Austin, and going to the Capitol almost every day, talking to legislators, talking to their staff about parental rights. And particularly rights of parents and the right to homeschool in the state of Texas and protecting and advocating for that right. And I think we both saw a lot more than just that, just parental rights. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were both made very aware of very, uh, very many issues mm-hmm. in not only Texas, but the world as a whole. I say the world, America as a whole, just from getting that inside view of the intricacies of of the legislative process and how policies are made and how bills are passed and how bureau, I want to say bureaucratical, but that's not right. How bureaucracy. Yeah. Bureaucratic. Yeah. Yeah, Bureaucratic. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. How bureaucratic it is. And it's not about helping people. It's about getting a bill passed so you can get reelected. And it's about putting your name on a bill that a lot of people support that, probably does nothing that yeah. probably doesn't really help a lot of people but your constituents want it or you've convinced your constituents to want it and so you support it and i think that's in and of itself another issue and i think we're kind of just throwing ourselves into a conversation that i think we want to have later on in the co- later on in the podcast but these are the kinds of issues that we want to talk about yeah it's you know, I I hope we can have like a ton of conversations like this. We're we're hoping to have some great guests on too, but you know, everyone can everyone every listener can feel free to send suggestions and tell us what they want us to talk about because we're willing to talk about pretty much any any subject that people feel like is needed or is is not talked about enough. Uh, because yeah. you know, that's the entire point of this. We're just trying to have a, a good dialogue because, like I said, that's the that's the best way of healing. Uh, the many wounds our country has had inflicted on it lately. Yeah, and our country, the many wounds our country has inflicted on its own citizens. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you guys can find both Matthew and I on Instagram. My Instagram is Mason underscore Prue. Matthew's is... That guy from The Office. And I think we'll probably put those in the links, in a link or in the description of the podcast you guys to reach out if you guys have any suggestions we're probably going to create an email so you guys can email us anything that you might want to say or have us talk about and we've really appreciated you guys coming to listen thanks so much guys here we are trying to get america out of the fire <laughs>